Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. bar down there everyone that steve-o who's, who's managing uh uh soft cell and uh-huh. everybody used to go there for do, talking deals and and all the punks were there having a late drink it was amazing so i was taken in when i was 18 first and and then the people who were just starting the hotel then they were also in their teens kind of young and we've kind of all grown old together in one hotel, so it is a bit yeah, like yeah, 40 yeah, towers yeah. there. You know? I, I guess it was the kind of place where almost anything went as well, right? Oh, fuck, can you imagine? <laughs> but, they, you know, they, they, it's got a very... I mean, one of the ladies who serves in breakfast, she only left about three years ago, but she was here during the war. Wow. And this was full of American officers, this hotel. And uh, she said we used to get stockings and chocolate off them and all this kind of thing. She's been here that long. Can you imagine it? And this has been your room ever since you've stayed here as yeah, well. Yes, that's true. Is it changed? Uh, there was, was a four-poster uh, bed here um, and that's gone. Um, no, no, it hasn't changed, you know. I mean, this place is sad. It's all kind of masonic. It's a very interesting room. And that's a proper marble fireplace, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, that, that's right, yeah. So... Um, yeah, a long time in this room, absolutely, <laughs> and in this hotel. 
a lot of history. Yeah, the band used to fucking bitch about me um, insisting we stay here, but now they insist on it. It's kind of come full yeah, circle. Well, because they're all smokers. We're part oh, of the okay. big pool, right? Yeah, yeah. They say, you can't smoke anywhere. <laughs> it's the last one left. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, fine. Columbia it is. Yeah. I've just uh, heard as well, I wasn't eavesdropping, obviously, but I've just heard you mention out, outside on the corridor there that you recently moved to Peru. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, and I've spent a lot of time in Peru since I was 22. I've been going there. Um, uh, and the country has changed so much since 1982. It's incredible. And I love to capture people. And uh, I'm opening up a club there and, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm working with, um, I'm doing master classes there with classical music and with rock music as well, with the, Anything I see that's particularly experimental and uh, and angry and with a fuck off attitude, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I then I put them through their paces with me. And so what I've been doing is I've been working with this uh, uh, South American record company called Boo Records, and I just pick a, any band I like around South America. Then I do these masterclasses with them, and then we we put the sessions out to, on Boo Records and and. Now, what I'm going to do is, 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 is uh, I'm, I'm starting a club, and I'm going to take the club literally around South America with the bands. But it's going to have lots of things in it. I mean, this is a club where everybody has to be masked. It's, it's a masquerade, right? And there's going to be lots of extraneous entertainment. And, and it's a club, see? So it would be members first policy, you know, yeah. and, and affordable for, for, like, the average Joe. Affordable, but you have to get in there. You know, so so that's what that's the kind of thing I'm doing for fun in South America while I'm doing my studies with, with um, you know the archaeology of the region, which has always been there for me. So there's there's always multiple reasons why I go to any any one place. Uh, you know, did you grow up in an academic household, Jazz? Like where where does well, that yeah, side you know, come uh, from? Uh, 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 my parents are teachers, um, but they're from. Two very extraordinary families. I mean, the Coleman family, you know, my, my great-grandfather was, uh, uh, was a millionaire at the beginning of the last century. And, and then on, on the Indian side, from mum's side, that's Congress party in India, pretty much. My, <laughs> my family, you know, the pandits, the pandits. Uh, 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 and so it's, a, it's, it's an interesting sort of DNA experiment, you know, my grandfather worked for Indian military intelligence and did really dodgy stuff. You know, like in the 1962 war with China, he, he executed some of his own men for cowardice and stuff like this. He had like a terrible temper, which I realise I've inherited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should shoot traitors. I, I demand absolute loyalty. I love it. And, and your, <laughs> your sense of humour for me is a big part of your, your character... Um, and where does that come from? Is that inherited from oh, no, you, a well, family uh, member uh, upbringing? Well, obviously, all of us, you, everyone, Monty Python, we were brought up with this, of course. Well, the English sense of humour, uh, the outlook is unique, isn't it? It's one thing Definitely. I'm, I'm deeply patriotic about, it's one thing. Yeah. And the tea, two things. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I love, I, I love British humour and, and uh, this, this uh, uh, and to be in Killing Joke, it, I mean... They're the only group of people that I've actually had to start a physical fight 
with because I'm laughing so much in pain. Brilliant. I've never had this from any of the people, <laughs> you know, and they're so witty and rave, of course, with the same as... But all of them... Youth is a hysterical person. I mean, it, and then being on tour with Killing Joke, oh, my God, I'm afraid no one can peep inside. It's, it's too terrible. No one can have a look inside. <laughs> it's so funny. They are the funniest people I've, I've known. And they're, they're such um, great individuals intellectually. I mean, everybody in the band, you know. I go on quite a lot of tours, and I can see the difference between a band who enjoy each other's company and have, as you say, intellectual discussions and debates and can roll around the There's floor laughing. There's not many of them. And then you see the ones who just kind of don't like each other and don't like touring. And that shows on stage as well, doesn't it? That translates into the show. You can kind of tell when a unit is tight and on the same page and that's, doing it for the yes. right reasons. Well, th yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, Big Paul said something the last time we were out and he, he said uh, all my family have passed away you boys the band's the only family I've got and and we are even 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 when we fall out with each other we are very very close as individuals um, that's true well, you've been through a hell of a lot, haven't you? you know, obviously, individually and collectively. What, yeah. what was the catalyst for the, the original lineup sitting down and getting back together well, a few years back? Well, I mean, Paul passing, for sure. That would have been I mean, it. That was, that was it. But in saying that, I always knew it was going to happen. Uh, there was, in the 20 years that Paul went away, there was not one moment I had any doubt that he'd come back. You know? Is that because you'd had conversations to that effect, or is it just that you felt that there's no, a there's a kinship no, no, there know, that I know him. transcends circumstance? I know, I know him. Yeah. You know, the most important thing is to try and while we're here is to try and work our differences out. Uh, Kinjok's been an incredible learning process. I mean, it's been my total university. I mean, mm -hmm. you know that uh, I left school with. No exams with four criminal offences, actually. At 15, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I was completely wild, you know. I, I mean, uh, the last time I went to court, uh, I thought I was going to go to Borstal. I was ready for it. They warned me that I probably would, but I was very lucky. It was the classical music that saved me. W w yeah, when did that come into the fold as a, you know, a real that area came, of that passion came, and interest? Oh, probably about the age of six. Right. So it was there from yeah, that's right, as yeah, far back as you yeah, can remember, music. really. But it, it, it was ritualistic music because I, I learned most things in the, in the church choir then at the Royal School of Church Music, and I was selected to go on different cathedral courses and stuff like this, and so it was a good way of like missing out on school. Mm -hmm. And so I did that, and at the same time I developed the violin, so I miss out on school by going on to chamber music courses with the violin, you see. So I did these two things. So I managed to avoid a lot of school. My parents being teachers, I mean, you know, my mother is the original Asian tiger mother, which is, you know, what are you, what are you interested in? Good, now you're going to do it, that kind of thing. You know? So that meant like rearing moths and, and uh, we traveled a lot. I didn't stay in a hotel until I was in Kilinjoke. And I didn't go on a plane until I was in Kilinjoke. I was camping. <laughs> I love the new record and I've just been on tour myself for a few weeks and I got home last night and you know obviously what it's like when you come home off the road you're 
a little bit physically drained you're a little bit emotionally drained yes but you're riding on this high yes and so you're kind of in this weird state and uh i put the record on and instantly i was just kind of swept away in all these emotions and for me classical music was never a part of my life until i saw the work of stanley kubrick right and he was the person i think that introduced me to that music in a contemporary context right. before watching his films like 2001 and clockwork orange and yeah, yeah, I yeah. just kind of associated with classical music with old people in the establishment. And, and then you kind of see that it can be actually this very provocative and, you know, futuristic art form. For sure it is, yes. Um, and I wonder if you could talk me through some of the choices. We'll just quickly um, go back to my childhood. So choral music in the English tradition, um, like Thomas Tallis and so this, this was a huge... Huge influence on me, um, this and Russian music. My first record was um, Russian orchestral masterpieces, and it had all of them there. And when I heard this, uh, uh, this was this was it for me. And uh, and I look where I am now. I'm, I I love working in Russia. I love Russian orchestras. They 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 have the greatest classical tradition, in, um, I think, in the world. And they're the orchestra um, people that you've worked with on this record as well, right? Yes, it's the that's St. Right. Petersburg film. going to come out next year as well. But that's right, yeah. Philharmonic. Yeah, that's right. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Amazing orchestra. And, I, and, and uh, <clears throat> what was amazing about <laughs> the recording, you're not going to believe this, but um, the biggest band in uh, Russia is a band called Leningrad. And uh, two of my Russian friends in Prague said, come on, we have to go and see this band. And then I said, why? why? They said, come on, come on, Russia's biggest band. And I said, why? And these two girls said, because the main guy in the band runs your fan club in Russia. Oh, wow. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And so it transpired that I had like a, a palatial place in St. Petersburg with everything, with a, you know, extractor fan for the cigars and a bar there and... and I was wasted on hand, but I had an amazing experience, to put it mildly. Yeah, <laughs> no. Which I always do when I go to Russia. They always really look after me. I've never been. I'd love to go. You see... It's one of the most my, unique countries my, in the world, um, isn't it? What people don't know is that when I started studying classical music, the only people who, who basically started with Klaus Tenstedt, I got my first score to, to him, and he was East German. This is in the 80s, and of course I didn't know how to orchestrate at this stage. So he was very kind with me, all things considered. <laughs> he, Patient. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he, he put me in touch. He lived in East, East Germany. He put me in touch then uh, with various people in the East. So the first people who helped me out were, uh, was actually the Minsk Philharmonic. Uh, and then I, I also studied in Leipzig in, during communist times. I uh, studied orchestration there. Uh, for a very short time. And then eventually, uh, Tenstedt got me with a Hungarian who, who's been my master uh, up, un, up until this day. He's like uh, pretty old now. And he actually went to university with Legacy uh, uh, in, in Hungary. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, so I've been very lucky. You see, what I've done in my life is I I've basically made a short list of... of uh, people who were living in all different mediums, I have to say, from 
Yeah, not even just music. But yeah. I've made a, made a short list of uh, people who are living that I really admired their work in whatever medium. And so I banged hard on the door. If you, you know, I used to get phone numbers and I'm, uh, uh, you know, an outgoing sort of person. And so I, I would find them. And, and for the best part of the time, um, I had a fantastic time. They put me on the right track and they helped me. Most, um, amazing people, I mean, for different things. For different things, like um, uh, like one of the things that I do is I'm a remote viewer, and I've been doing this for a long, long time. And and uh, one of the people who really helped me um, develop this is Yuri Geller. Yeah, <clears throat> and so um, and like it, it was interesting to hang around with Yuri because just by being there when he's doing things, you get to understand the how. And so I've been very lucky there, but I've also banged hard on the door with my own self-education process, which is really what Killing Joke is all about. Killing Joke has been in university for, well, all of us in the band. I mean, I don't think anybody's got any exams. We, we stuck into Killing Joke pretty soon, you know. I mean, I was 18 when I started, you know, Killing Joke. And so, uh, uh, yeah. Um, and so... The, the learning curve, well, it's the, we used to swap books, and everybody's into the mystery tradition in, in, in Killing Joke, as, as I'm sure you're well aware. And so there was always um, a, a, a library and a essential reading matter that uh, everybody wanted everybody else's opinion on. And, and um, there was some, this is interesting, yeah, you know, this is what's different about our band. Uh, they're so opinionated about um, so many different subjects and so well informed that it's it, it's it's not easy but it's stimulating and uh, and the fuel that we run on is uh, is conflict, <laughs> you know, disagreement, not agreement necessarily. Is that the same when you're on the road as when you're in the studio? Is that the, the constant uh, the, when, of the boundaries? You know, with four strong personalities. But what we've learned that you know how we all tick. So you can negotiate those C's <laughs> for the greater good. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is, communism works. That's what I've learned about uh, Killing Joke. That, that when you split everything equally, everybody's equally motivated. I had a conversation with a band about this two or three days ago on tour because they're one of the only groups from within their little scene uh, that is all original members. And I was asking the, the well, question, how come all these other bands have changed? There you are. And they said, well, it's because we split the pay evenly. And yes, that removes a lot well, of Well, of course, like, you can go through some real dark times and, and to see who's left after the, uh, this. Often it's only, only the strong kind of um, can sit through the shake-ups. But then again, in Killing Joke, there's been really wild some of the things that have happened. I couldn't repeat them. And some of the things that we've had to sort of uh, um, get through with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you mentioned earlier on that you were proactive in your knocking down of doors to try and, you know, introduce yourself to people who you admire and respect. Have you had any unsurprising people from outside of the world of music come knocking on Killing Jokes touring? Say yeah. hi. Can we come yeah, in? Yeah, I, Let's I mean, get to I know mean, each other. Let's exchange ideas. Oh my god, I, I can't really tell saying names because I don't like the name dropping things. But it, it, royalty, 
uh, NATO members, people who work high up in NATO, have got into some really surprising characters in all sorts of life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, really surprising. I, I mean, from '82, Kate Bush was always very supportive of us, and you have some real strange ones. Yeah, um, really, real strange ones uh, out there. But um, it's 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 a beautiful thing. It, it is, isn't it? Uh, that's why I refer to Kilinjak as the sublime music of Kilinjak because it is, uh, you know, when you, as a musicologist, I can I can look at the chord formations that make up Kilinjak and it, it's quite unique uh, as, as a band. And I find this still after all these years uh, uh, interesting the chemistry that's there. I you see what we don't really write music per se. It doesn't work like that with us. Yeah. First of all, we have to kind of live and do all the things that we want to do for ourselves. And then when we get together, bang, we stay on one kind of rhythm. We get on a groove and then something happens. It's like the first time we ever played together when it happened. It was like something happens. At some point, something happens with us, the chemistry, and it locks in. It's a monster. <laughs> you know, that, and that, that's the... See, human beings are precious, and and then magical chemistries are even more precious. So you have to know it when you've got it, and we do, and we're appreciative of of each other. Although it's difficult, you know. I mean, it's difficult to keep the whole thing going. I can tell you, but you know, the the ship has steered and now been navigated through choppy waters and storms and everything. Deaths and wow, you know, and here we are. And um, many people refer to Killing Joke as the, being now one of the most influential bands, whatever, actually, because uh, somebody uh, put it out there that, uh, that our music spans two centuries. Well, it does in a kind of funny way when you think about it. And, uh, you know, for me to orchestrate this. It's very hard for me to talk about it because it involves my last manager, uh, who I, I I have murderous impulses <laughs> towards. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, it, this piece I got into so much shit for this piece because there was no preliminary budget done. You know, could it be done on pledge? No, you know, what there was no. No one doing the checks and balances. No, it was just kind of, he'll do this and he'll do that. And without me even fucking being informed of anything. And so I was set up to fail, actually. I actually believe that, that I was set up to fail because it couldn't be done. They knew it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I believe. So, um, so uh, what actually happened? was really remarkable. I mean, like, people weren't telling me the truth. I, I don't even want to get into it because it, 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 it's something. So I was ba I was really set up with the whole pledge thing. And, um, and, then, and then I was told by my management it's not going to happen and everything like this. Um, and uh, well, I thought, well, you're taking the money. And they, the whole thing was well, what little money came. It wasn't enough to do the job with. And so basically, what happened was suddenly I got another commission unconnected with Killing Joke that I really wanted to do. And uh, 
the two became one. And probably not for the first time, right? Has that happened to you before in your life? Sure, we have Along to the road? kind of make a project multitask in a funny way to make it work these days. You yeah. Know? yeah. But, but um, wow. I mean, anyway, what I wanted to say was um, when I was in a real dark place with this, this, this project, um, and I, as I said, I've been set up to fail with it, and, uh, and now, you know, I, I had to find the money to, I don't know what would happen with this um, project. Then I had the first dream for 25 years. For 25 years I've had no dreams. And I, I dreamt of this, this winter palace. And everything was floodlit. It was the most beautiful winter palace I'd ever been to. A scene. And it was such a vivid, vivid vivid dream and there was a full orchestra there and everybody was dressed like an evening dress and um, and, and, and the, the top of the winter palace was the night sky but it was so brilliantly lit and I heard it and it sounded divine and then it happened and then it happened and I went to that winter palace and uh, that's 30 kilometers outside of St. Petersburg is the Tsar's palace. I went there afterwards as well, and everything just came together. Uh, straight after that dream, and, and my manageress, Carla, said to me, you're going, we're doing it, it's happening. And, and, and I, I truly felt magic at work. And then with all the support from the Lucy's Trust, um, the whole, and, and from, actually from the Russian uh, uh, Ministry of Culture <laughs> as well, to be honest. I mean, I was, when I recorded it, I was the only Englishman left standing in St. Petersburg after all the diplomats were expelled, basically. And I can tell you, I, I don't know what comes up when you give your passport in, but they all start laughing when they see mine. I don't know what's there, you know. But there you go, yes. Well, it's an interesting time we're living in now, you know. Um, do you feel optimistic about about the future of Earth and the, the human race? I step back from my emotions uh, uh, of, uh, to understand the bigger picture these days uh, 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 um, and to try and understand it, what, what is going on on the planet. And, and that, that is very interesting, the, the wider picture of geopolitics and then some of the larger reasons why geopolitics are the way they are uh, that are not being talked about uh, looking at these this is the thing i love about killing joke is the debate and um, which of course doesn't happen a lot these days when you look at some um, what's happening is we move from a post-democratic age into synarchy well, let's talk about what being in a post-democratic world means. I mean, you know, uh, what, what's really behind all this, is, you see, is um, that we're living in the sixth extinction period. And, uh, and now I, I, I agree with the, most of the scientists, uh, the, their conclusions about global warming um, but I would say um, 
that even if we did everything, I think it, it, it's part of a larger cycle, what's happening. I mean, one of the things people never talk about is uh, the increase in volcanic activity and the why. I mean, you, you only have to do uh, the maths yourself. Go, go back to 1900 and compare volcanic activity from the year 1900 to 1920. And then have a look to the year 2000 and 2020 and compare the two. <laughs> and you'll see what I mean. And uh, then, you know, um, as to the why, I've got a very good idea why. Because one of the things that I'm interested in is, um, is studying the Earth's magnetosphere. Because you see, all the holy sites um, uh, that I've been interested in from, from, from distant times are, are situated on on the magnetic grid, basically. And the thing is that that magnetic field, the magnetosphere, is acting very strange at the moment. For example, it should be moving like two centimeters a year, but it's moving at like 40, 50 kilometers a day uh, towards Siberia, magnetic north. And the implications of this is very serious because, you see, uh, they started setting GPS, like, so it was altered every five, ten, 10 years, then five years, and now they have to alter, readjust all the GPS systems, because GPS is, 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 is aligned to the Earth's magnetic field, right? Magnetic north, which is moving very erratically. Uh, and, and so when you consider that, like, cars, airplanes, and everything else in between, um, uh, satellite, everything is connected to the magnetosphere, and when that goes crazy, well, what happens to all that traffic? That's just one of the beginning. <laughs> so now they're, 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 they're altering um, the GPS every year. So then what? Down to every six months, and then, and then what's going to happen? Well, there you go. You see, there's one larger picture. Um, that, that, and the other thing is, of course, when, when we decrease a magnetic field, uh, Human beings go mad and get very aggressive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Erratic, unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so uh, this, uh, along with like 11-year uh, um, sun cycles, uh, uh, which also make, make uh, all living things very aggressive and act erratically. So, so think about it. Migrating birds, dolphins, how do they know where to fly? Well, of course, they're using the Earth's magnetic field because, they, you know, Mammals and, and bird life have got uh, uh, um, magnetic, uh, actually magnetic salts in our, in our brain that um, uh, help us um, uh, align uh, um, with the Earth's magnetic field. Well, you know, that's why we've seen lots of beached whales and, and uh, they don't know where to go and it's going to get worse, uh, uh, you see. Uh, 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 until it gets better, uh, and well, then that's um, something that we can only speculate. We can get um, bits and pieces from different astrophysicists, but of course, it's all classified. Yeah, like everything. So um, you have to use your intuition as a layman um, with with what's he, what's actually happening there. But I, you know, it's something that I studied. I can see that this is a, this is very serious, and this is um, uh, I think that when this reaches its zenith, 
that uh, existing nation states and forces will use it as an opportunity to make a land grab or, or resource grab is my prediction. Can we as individuals have the, the power and the ability to change the course of the, 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 of course. the larger future of the sure. world, you believe? Yeah? Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, let's go um, down to these, these two basic facts that we know. We know that the physicists say that we are all participants in creating our own reality. Okay, The magicians, they say uh, magic is the science of creating change in accordance with the will. Of course, it's the same thing. Uh, now, look, the problem I have with the patristic religions, which is the Abrahamic religions of Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, is that they are essentially apocalyptic cults. Mm -hmm. uh, and they visualize messiahs, but essentially apocalypse. Uh, and if you have a look at this Yahweh figure, as, as I've studied, basically, it, it demands blood sacrifice. This, uh, I mean, if... if if Yahweh, or uh, the God of the Israelites, uh, was tried by the International Criminal Court, uh, he'd be tried for genocide. You know, when we look at it, with the whole scale, uh, you know, when the Lord said, you kill every man, woman, and child, and this kind of thing, <laughs> you know, and you can laugh about these things. It's a little like when the elites use terminologies in talking about the population is um, excess population or useless eaters and sort of uh, phrases like this is basically one step away from genocide the mindset it means humans have no value they're worthless right therefore you, you know you've got you know I was just reading the paper on, on, on the BA flight over and that you know the mandatory vaccinations but at the same time, you've got Bill Gates saying to a private audience, if we do a really good job on vaccines, quote, unquote, um, we can reduce the population by 10 to 15 percent. And then, of course, his doctor came out and said he, he wouldn't let his children be vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, and wouldn't let them have iPhones and things like this, which everyone else needs to have and should have the latest you know, model all the time. So uh, I... I, I don't really have a lot of time for um, the existing elite. I, I think that irresponsible is not the word. You know, with the artists and the thinkers and the you know the creatives that you've enjoyed the company of over the years, do you view even though perhaps they might be from say a privileged background, do you view them as separate to what you refer to there as the elite? Do you think there's an inherent difference in somebody who's perhaps just educated and wealthy and someone who's actually out to Oh, fuck you the see world? it all the time. God, I mean, uh, have a look at the, you know, the British government, Cameron and so forth. Of the, this, 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 this government. I mean, have a look at the top businesses in this country and you'll see the British really identified with the Indian caste system. <laughs> you know, let's be honest about it. You know, uh, that's what it is, a caste system here. Is that why you moved? Yes. Yeah. And you're much happier not there? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah? Yeah, um, you know, I'm too far gone. I've been so long out of this country. Um, 
I love coming back. This is the interesting thing. is It's, ex it's exotic for me coming back here and, and wonderful. Uh, and, uh, you know, I go back to my family house, the house I was born in, and uh, the house that Brian Jones smashed up and the house that Killing Joke lived in <laughs> uh, and, and various people along the way. So it's a very special house, you know. Um, uh, no, no, I, I love this country. And, uh, but, but I see things, I guess I have an Indian DNA in me. I see things, the things that happen to this country, sadly, I, I, I see them as uh, karmic. <laughs> yeah. Frankly. Yes, I do. Let's have a look at some, the flashpoints in the world. Well, we can start with Ireland. You know, when you just divide and conquer and you move a load of Protestants over to a Catholic area, and then when you move Tamils, for example, into Sri Lanka, well, it was Ceylon then, uh, uh, and then when you move, you know, uh, Muslim Indians into, like, Pakistan, you're creating division all the time, you see? Yeah. All the yeah. time, everywhere, systematically, is a policy. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know... It's very difficult because I love the British people, but I, I, that's one thing. And then there's, there's British foreign policy and the institutions of this country, which I'm not in love with. And we're such a divided nation now, Look, aren't we? this country's had... It's not like France. There's no real tradition of, of, of effective change. <laughs> yeah, there's no beheadings of kings or anything like that. <laughs> or, or, for a long time at or, least or, or, or uh, unnecessary um, self-elected rock stars who um, facilitate elite discourses mm -hmm. Where's, where are some of the least divided countries that you've either lived or stayed or visited but where they just feel like they're all on the same oh, well, page yeah, I can tell you that, that, um, I, I've selected them very well really the best of the bunch I mean uh, Costa Rica Costa Rica is a great example. I was there on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they don't... They, they have quite a good infrastructure because they don't bother spending anything on, on a military or a navy. <laughs> they don't have any navy or air force, essentially. Yeah, no military in Costa Rica. You know? So th there's more money to be spent on, um, well, human well-being. Yeah. Yes, uh, and... I, w I would say, you know, Iceland's pretty good in this way. That was a good pick of the bunch, but I don't... Uh, the weather, yes, well, that's another thing. I don't do um, winters anyway, if I can avoid it, you know. I mean, I'm sent to work in Russia for when it's 35 below. That's a different thing. Uh, I can brace myself for that. But uh, I, I try to avoid um, um, going to cold places because I know how unstable India and Pakistan really is. Because again, having a grandfather who fought in the 62 war, when India lost a lot of land to China, India can never win a land war with China. Right, so it would be tempted to use nuclear weapons. Now, similarly, Pakistan can never win land war with India, and they've already said last week, the Prime Minister uh, of Pakistan said, uh, uh, if we start losing a land war, we'll use nuclear weapons. And as this, of course, is, is I'm sorry to say, but an Islamic mindset, uh, which, which basically says people who worship the many gods or pantheists are unbelievers, and therefore dot, 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 dot. You see? Uh, you know, the, the, the height of religious 
extremism is is there, is, is is a possibility there. So uh, I I fear uh, for these flashpoints because you see we're talking about my hatred of um, winter. Well, just imagine if uh, there's a limited quote unquote nuclear war between India and Pakistan. Well, all of us are in a nuclear winter, right? All of us, the whole planet. Okay, so that means that when we're talking about you know ten to fifteen years of crop failure and mass starvation. You know, most people are unaware that four years before the French Revolution, 52 volcanoes went up in Iceland and it caused massive um, crop failure across Europe because there was no sunlight, which led, actually, was one of the underlying reasons that led to the revolution. Uh, you know, if you have to look at um, Jefferson's writings of this time and when he, go, he went through France during this time, uh, and most people are unaware of this, you see. It can happen just like this, whether it's a super volcano or a nuclear war. And you see, um, we're not prepared for any of this. And, and, uh, and uh, don't ask me anymore because I don't really have, I, I only have terror for you. Because we're going through a massive change. Uh, you and I, we're, we're the last of our species of sapiens. You see, we're, we're morphing into Homo universalis, or, or there's different terms, but um, which is basically a, a transhuman option. Of course, you know, consider that uh, uh, all the bioorganisms, the bioorganisms that make up all life, our food, basically, our, our food comes from one three hundredth of the planet, our total food. Think about that. And that the, and that the bioorganisms are, are being depleted rapidly. There's no uh, program to reverse this process. You know. Uh, um, well, th there's different options available there. We can, uh, we can restructure the, the, the human digestive system. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, uh, well, biotechnology. There you go. I mean, that's 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 the thing. Is is uh, let's be honest about it. I mean, governments have been testing on human populations since the thirties. Fact, <laughs> and, and 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 generally speaking, how we we get ahead with technology is through wars. The only problem is, and this is this is it. You see, I mean, it, we hear um, uh, of people talking very flippantly about. Uh, um, world War, the next World War, you know. Bear in mind that the good old days of Nagasaki and Hiroshima are long gone. Like, one explosion of a thermonuclear bomb. Okay, just uh, hypothetically imagine that it drops on London, here. Well, that's a 600 square mile radius. That means from here to beyond John O'Groats, one bomb will take out the whole country. Yeah. And think about multiple explosions going off in countries. Can you imagine? There's not going to be a lot left, is there? That's right. And that's why um, uh, I, can, I, I think 
that art can do things that um, diplomacy and politics cannot. And uh, I really believe, you see, we're from a generation of musicians that believe you could change the world and, and people. Um, and we still do, you see. We're different, different in this way to this, the next generations, I think. Uh, and so um, I want to play a role in that with, with, with art. And this, this work, it, this is it. I mean, when you hear the, the Gloria at the end, if, you know, it's an ambitious thing to try and uh, score what world peace and a planetary consciousness sounds like. But I dared to do it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and um, uh, <clears throat> the, the other thing is with Killing Jug's music, you can never listen to it while you're eating. It gives you indigestion, you see. <laughs> but with this record... Uh, I, I had in mind on a more secular level that, that it, it would make a great feast of the gods. So you could, um, you know, put the starter the, the, uh, on and have the main course. And by the time, you know, we get to dessert and cigars and, and, uh, and pork and what have you, I mean, you know, we're still playing. So, so I, one of the things I want to do is, um, is uh, have listening parties where we can, um, we can have feasts. Wine and dine. Exactly. And, and, and listen to Killing Joke without getting indigestion, you see. Yeah. You, which you can do with this record. Which is, uh, um, you know, I like it. I love this record on so many levels. I truly have not stopped listening to it since the, I finished recording it. Well, I think what it really succeeds in doing is because Killing Joke's music has always been obviously very beautiful and layered and poetic. But when sometimes there's a lot of amplification and distortion, if the listener isn't invested in going on a certain sonic journey, they might just not see some of those things or hear some of those things. Whereas this record, I think, really brings all of that quality about Killing Joke's music to the surface, the nuance, the beauty, the, the poetry, these kind of more subtle That's right, which is emotions, people, uh, which the music's they, leathered they, they miss and they can listen to this and then come back to Killing Joke. I, I mean... It's an amazing thing for me to um, to take out and uh, and what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is again going back to the idea of self-education that um, that I I I became a maestro um, through hard study on my own, with other masters overseeing me, but basically I did it on my own, and then I applied the same principle to different things. Um, I mean, I've acted once, but it was hellishly successful. It, you know, it's one of Czech Republic's um, favorite films of all time. Yeah, yeah, so, so it's got the Year of the Devil. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So, and I don't really want to act again unless the right thing came up. Have, have things been offered and presented to you over the years that you yeah, have they have. Yeah, they have. I mean, you know, when I was like drinking, I was a fucking animal. But a lot of people saw me, and um, well, I can give you two instances. Um, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the the, the, the film that I was that they that someone they, they saw me in a pub for fucking giving someone shit or something, um, and then I, um, I was contacted by a casting company. I'm trying to think of the name of the film now. 
They wanted me to be an evil gangster in it. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the f film now. It'll come to me in a minute. Uh, I didn't do it because we were on tour. There's a couple of things that have come up like this. And it was only the, the year the devil thing happened because I was being secretly filmed before I knew I was even in the movie, which is kind of weird because, you know, the director had this idea of something called Natariska, which means no actors. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I didn't even know about this, of course. So I, he went in disguise for the first three weeks. I just thought he was a kind of extra. <laughs> you know? Just proper cinema verite. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought he was a hippie friend of the, the bands and uh, of the, the, the folk group that I worked with. And yeah, I truly. And it happened like this and, uh, by accident. How many years have you been off the... the, the, the 13 pop? years. I haven't had a drink for 13 years. I didn't do the fucking AA thing. It's no. boring. I love pubs. You know, I, and, I, and I like my friends to drink if they want to drink. You know, I'm, But I don't drink. That's it. You know, it was it hard to no, kick it? not at all. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I mean um, the, the system that I've got, and I've got a lot of people off booze if they want to do it, but it's a scary one because uh, you can't fail because it means death. Because you take an oath, you see. Uh, anyway, if you want to give up anything, a bad habit, always count like seven, eight days after a full moon and then make a decision then. It's easy to do if you use the moon, which we do in Killing Joke. We use the moon. We have done all, our whole career. We do all the creative stuff before a full moon and we throw out all the shit after a full moon. What was the concert you performed? It's in the documentary that you made a few years ago, and you're all recalling, and all four of you had the same. Oh yes, yeah, that's right. Where no, everything that was, that starts slowing thing. down. And no, that happened. You what know, was that? That was, that was the Reading Hexagon. Yeah. You see this building, because um, I'm into the whole fucking ley line. Whole th this building um, uh, is on the grid. That's really got me uh, interested in um, in measuring the measuring the Earth's magnetic field. It's where it's happened because uh, you see when when you increase a magnetic field, everything slows down, and when you decrease it or decrease uh, uh, a magnetic field, everything speeds up, which is why everything seems like it's faster and faster at the moment. You see, because we've got a again, it's a pleasing magnetic field, and so this started. You know, I started looking at the work of Dr. John Keeley and other uh, people and studying standing waves after this. Um, uh, and uh, it, it, after this experience, well, where everybody went through it. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Yeah. It, uh, everything slowed down. And, and it was because there, there must have been a pulse in the magnetic field. It was like being underwater. How, is, that, is that how you would describe it? Yeah, everything, everything was like, like being in a fish tank going really, really slow underwater. It was like this. It was the weirdest thing. Everyone went silent. Like, real silent. It was the strangest experience. And then I wanted to basically learn how to recreate this at will after this. Mm -hmm. And that's where my studies began, which is a very, a very personalized thing that I don't share with so many people. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And the experiments that you did as we approached the end, I just wanted to get your, your insight into the, the work that you were doing out in Iceland and how that's fed into the longevity of your, your career. And, you know, the... Sure, absolutely it has. I mean, you know, um, the whole thing with Iceland that was, again, studying the Earth's magnetic field, I'm always interested in, in volcanic regions. This, this is uh, uh, like Iceland, New Zealand. It was easy to see where to go, basically, to study this energy. You know... We started noticing the whole UFO phenomena um, manifested over these hot spots, these window areas on the Earth's magnetic field, and this this is connected to um, my study in magic because one of the things I never really talked with uh, people about was that uh, I worked with uh, an initiate called Nima from the, an order, the Order of Mars at the time. Um, she was from Cincinnati, but um, I, I was very influenced by her work, and I met her later. Um, and the, the difference about this fraternity is they would um, situate their rituals on the Earth's magnetic field, which I thought was very, very interesting. And um, uh, uh, this kind of inspired me to um, uh, start a different school of thinking, basically, a new school of thinking in this area. And that's absolutely then fed into your creative sure, life. And sure, sure it has, yeah. Voice. And yes. What's your proudest achievement outside of music, Jazz? Um, well, everything's connected to music. But uh, I, I think um, seeing so many people's lives... Uh, transformed by our work I think that's been incredible incredible uh, I guess that's like the ultimate reward for anything isn't it is it something that you do has a positive impact on someone else yeah it's yeah and, thing. and the thing is it's an ongoing thing it, it's a lifestyle thing and every time I so look forward to the tours of Killing Joe you know because we see we see get to see everybody you know uh, like the Okay, 
just forget the yeah the music's been a soundtrack to everyone's lives but forgetting the music is to is the brother and sisterhood that we've created um again the difference is 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 that we never saw our work as just a pleasure principle it was um it, we always thought it, it there was something revolutionary about it that it could change lives and one of the things that we started noticing quite early on is what we call the mirror effect, which is people see us and they're, and they're inspired to go and do their own thing, whatever medium it is. It, of course, there's m multiple musical options there, but there's also um, people have been inspired by Killing Joke in other areas as well, uh, um, uh, which has been fascinating. Uh, and it's good because it, it, uh, what it does, Killing Joke, is it inspires people to, to go and... Um, Find their God gift, because we believe that every everybody is born gifted, and life is just the location of your gift. And you, look, you know, we don't believe in working, killing joke. It's a stupid idea. You should only do what you love doing, so you never have <coughs> to work again. I mean, obviously. Amen. Obviously, you know. <laughs> Why do you, so many people do things they don't like doing? I mean, it seems an obvious thing, but most people do it. They do things they don't want to do. And you should never, you should never surrender. That's that, the worst step you can make, actually. Because you get in life what you put up with. And, and, and no. No, no, that's out of the question. It's silly. No, we believe that everybody's born gifted. And that everybody's born with this, or you can call it true will, if you like. And that when you do your, what you're meant to do, what you love doing, then you are... Securing your personal sovereignty, you're kind of spiritually one with the universe. I believe this, absolutely. And I believe in this, this because it's given me everything. You see, everything. I mean, it's a long journey from squats and, and you know, to, to self-education and becoming a maestro. It's a long journey on the back of Killing Joke. On the back of Killing Joke, because it was... What money I made from Kinjok went back into study, into studying classical music, basically, which is intensive study from uh, from the time I went to Iceland, from there, non-stop. It wasn't really till a good ten years later that things start happening. And the journey's still very much going. Oh, my, it's the, it's the most exciting bit now. You know, it's, the, it's a very exciting time to be in Kinjok now. Because everything that we've said is happening. They said they said that we we're paranoid with this and that and everything, but now have a look. Well, in the documentary, there's a a journalist or a commentator who's someone who's saying that '80s was kind of almost a foreshadowing of so much stuff like the Falcons and things that happened. That's and, right. And you've always, I think, been that band, and it's such an interesting group because so few bands get better with age in the in the rock kind of realm you know most will make their definitive statements very early on and then you know, we'll almost it, kind of it, it, and there's a, there's a handful if that well, that have continued I, I, to get I, better I, I, you I, I believe you should never be too comfortable you should always be a little bit lean and mean and uh, you know and the spirit around killing joke the mercurius I call it that's why we use the triple headed snake um, this is the energy of the alchemists because it misled the alchemists well, it, uh, it doesn't like money, this energy. 
that we invoke. It doesn't like money at all. It will mislead you. When, and if you get into money, it will kill you. So, uh, superstition isn't the word for it, actually. Uh, I won't go in the, we, we just take what, what we need um, to, 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 to get to the next step. But that, that's never, you know, it's never been much. It's always been a struggle, and that's been the beauty of it, actually. Um, you know, our first serious manager, Sam Alder, who basically saw Killing Joke as a kind of Masonic experiment, really. Uh, um, and he really helped us um, a lot. He, he said to me two tr really good things. Of, um, he, he said, never, never let Killing Joke... Um, Recording a like a paradise island kind of thing, he said. Killing joke should always be in an urban environment. Um, uh, yeah, and and I kind of believe this too, and uh, and um, I've really enjoyed going through the darkest times with with my colleagues, and especially Jordy, who who's been ever present in the journey for me you know we have an interesting relationship <laughs> <laughs> you know he's very dear to me Julie, but uh, you know we're very very close it's funny when we're in prague because he's on one side of the city and i'm on the other there's a river between us you know and then, then we meet up at the airport or sometimes in a park sometimes we meet in a park once in a while but, you know, I mean, there's Killing Joke so active that, well, you know, I hang out with youth a lot um, outside, of, outside of playing, you know. The final thing I wanted to ask you, Jazz, is you mentioned these kind of dark times in your life a few yeah. times. How do you pull yourself out of those? What are your tools to get through the, the shit? Okay. Uh... Firstly, uh, I, I believe in uh, the combined skills of the scholar and the warrior, which is to say your intellectual capacity is, is heightened by doing intensive physical exercise. You know, and, and, it, and it's good <coughs> to do something martial or be it boxing or whatever or something that... Um, just for a mindset, you know. So, so these these things are important. I mean, I, I, I'd say to anyone, you know, if you're in a negative place, put on some killing joke music and get on the treadmill and do an hour like fast walk at seven point eight, you know. Or you can run if you like, but that'll do. And go uphill. Just just do this to an hour every day. You're and every you're getting to a good space. That's just the, for the beginning. But this, this, you know, uh, like the endorphin rush with with using your body. Uh, this is so important. For I I learned that the this had um, a huge a positive effects on, on on me because I suffered terrible depression, uh, and then once I started, um, I you know I stopped drinking, and then. Did that help your state of mind as well? Well, at Getting the same clear. time, I had one friend of mine who's like um, 
a serious fighter like um, a kickboxer, but like not very very high level. And he basically, and he's he's like a pop star as well. And and he basically um, put me in the care of one guy who used to train uh, Russian special forces, and he basically kicked my ass solidly for two years until I I uh, transformed. When he met me, he said, "You're close to death." Yeah, so I yeah so this has been my transformation, like like this. Um, well, you know, I mean, doing Killing Joke live it's a it's a physical thing. Paul and myself, we have to stay fit. You know, Paul Paul looks after himself. He's he was always the best fighter amongst us. Now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your solid training. Well, Jazz, I mean, you look incredible. Um, and life's obviously treating you well. Well, you know what happened. The other thing that happened, I have to mention this, is that I, I went, I went fishing um, on the rocks, and, and I got something to the fishing. I didn't notice that the tide had come in, and I couldn't get round the rocks because it really came in. It was seriously rough, and and I started getting real frightened because I'm a, on a cliff face, so I had to throw the rod away, and I had to go up this cliff basically, and use my upper body strength to try and get me up, which wasn't particularly good then. And of course, like, my foot's all metal because of the accident I had in the in, in late 90s. Um, and so I, I only just made it. So I thought after that, I thought, yeah, it might be a good idea to um, do some pull-ups and all that. <laughs> you know, because, uh, well, now I can, like, I can do 10 and, and I'm, I'm cool. But... Uh, but that really put the fucking wind up me. <laughs> I thought I was going to fucking die, mate. Because I went up so high and there was no going back down. You've got to keep flying. Oh, oh, fucking, I was just... The only thing that got me through it is, is there's a psycho part of me. It's part of me that's completely insane. Yeah. And that almost, I'm not going to be beat kind of thing. Yeah, I'm a fucking psycho. <laughs> hey, um, I mean, really, I'm a bulldozer. You can go... Ask people in my class at my school, and they say, he said he was going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, once I've got, I'm going to say, I'm going to fucking do it. Get out of my fucking way. Because hey, I'll go for it. Hey, I'll, ten years, I'll wait. Nothing, it's nothing to me. I'll hang in for a decade here, but I'll get there. Hey. <laughs> you see, that was it. I, the other year, I was in, in the high street in New Zealand, and this busker said, Jazz, listen to this song. And crazy. And he was just, it was, and sung, it was just so overwhelming. It was just amazing. Beautiful voice. And of course, I was suddenly struck with how can I come? How come he's there and I'm here? You'd never met this guy before. He's just, he's no, just I've met him once or twice because at the studio in, 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 in Auckland, he, because I, I listened to buskers, and I, I had a number one out of taking a busker from Auckland High Street um, and, and uh, producing a, a Māori artist who I saw performing on Auckland High Street, and uh, it went straight to number one. Uh, you know, that's way back in the 90s. So, so I always listened to the buskers, and I, and, I, and I used to... had a little English pub in my studio. The studio's gone now because it's an, an old car factory. But I built a little English pub upstairs, you know. <laughs> and everybody loved this place. Everybody would hang out in this place. And so I'd invite buskers back to the bar in the studio. And then, you know, we'd listen to some of their tapes. And, 
and get fucked up and stuff, you know. And it, it, wonderful. And I got through the studio. I got to meet all the all the great players in New Zealand, and and uh, that that was that was amazing. And of course, that all came out of uh, Geordie and myself's obsession about islands at the ends of the earth, you know, basically. And um, and then when the national anthem thing happened, you know, where where I really did make a change with um, the music and the set, the feeling of New Zealand's autonomy uh, with the national anthem. That was an amazing experience, and and it, it told me that there was destiny at work and you know and there is you know I, I feel it I've felt it since childhood and and now here we are killing joke now is look where it is now suddenly it's everywhere mm -hmm. and you'll probably be getting even more brand new fans off the back of this upcoming tour that you're going to be doing with tool right and how amazing is that x amount of uh, years into the, the game truth, I don't really think much too much about this but I am looking forward to hanging out with the guys in the tour bus and having a fucking laugh and lots of bad behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only live once, right? <laughs> yeah. No. No, you don't. Yeah, it, 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 you, live, you live multiple lives over and over again. And when you meet somebody um, and you've never met them before but you know everything about them, that feeling of, yeah, Deja vu personified. Yeah. That, that's anamnosis, which yeah. means loss of forgetfulness. And I had this with every member of Killing Joke. So you feel like you guys have been in each other's company? Oh, no, company sure. No question about that. Stories and no, 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 no question about that. But I, remember, um, I remember parts of, uh, of, of, of past incarnations. You know, France, for example. And what was interesting is my first wife remembered me in France. And then people uh, that I met in different fraternities in France said they remembered me then. And then I was decorated in France. And I, and I, and I felt like I'd come home. It's, it, it, it's funny, because it's been such a big part of my life, that country. And, and then when I, what I really believe in... Transmigration of the soul. And well, this, but, but also like spiritual revolution which is what we need, which is, again, it comes back down to Magna Invocatio, you know, from the point of light in the heart of God, let the light descend into the hearts of men. When I, when I hear these words, you know, light and what it means to me, I wanted to, I wanted to um, score the angelic light is something angelic and it is it is absolutely you see because the sum total of your incarnations is your supreme genius and each one of us has got this it's just you see plato said all knowledge is is remembering and i believe you see that each one of us has the genetic memory of mankind even when you think of Cities like Mohandadaro, when <coughs> Sir Mortimer Wheeler excavated this city and they found all the people in a human chain had been burnt from the sky, incinerated, or in a huge human chain. I was so moved, I, I could almost remember, and so can you, 
when we were all holding hands because I'm the other you and you're the other me with the interconnectedness of, of humans, past, present and future. We're only just learning this, you see, now. Uh, it, it's an amazing time. No, 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 no. Reincarnation is very, very real. And we're connected by love. When I'm with somebody who's passing into the next world, I say to them, seek out love, light and intelligence and you find your way back home. And I, and I, uh, this, this is central to it. This, it goes over and over again. And I, everybody is on a spiral course to perfection. I believe this. It's deep in me. And, the, you know, it's doing this record, this is one of the greatest achievements of, of my life, this record. Because uh, it shouldn't have happened. But it was diff mysterious forces. And it all came together. And it just sounds absolutely amazing. Amazing. I'm, I, I, can't, I still can't believe that we managed it. It's divine. <laughs> yes. It's an amazing yes. achievement. Yes, yes. And, uh, and you're a fascinating man, Jazz. Well, everybody is. Everybody is. Yeah, I, 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 you know, uh, everybody is the guru. Everybody. And that's it. And that's the whole thing about killing joke and the mirror effect. Everybody is. You see, you're looking at us, but we're looking at you. Do you like what you say? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do. I love people. Yeah, I love humans. I come across. You know, like, who was it who said it? Um, uh, it, was, it, it was Lawrence Durrell, who was the brother of Gerald Durrell, the naturalist. He said, when the mob becomes the artist, we shall enter the golden age. And you see, when you look at how... The arts in state schools, almost globally, is being reduced, uh, decimated. The role of the arts. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, well, well, why is this? And I can answer that. The reason is, is that the arts are uh, a potential source of dissent. <laughs> that's, that's the reason why, you know? And that's why the arts play such an important role now. You know, more than ever, yeah. More than ever, you know. Um, I, I, and the so, individual I, I so well. love going to, going to Russia and, uh, and you know, I would, I would go to Iran or anywhere on the planet to make music if I'm called. And I hope this is going to happen. You know, I... I, I, I you know, I want to return to the Middle East next year and um, spend considerable time there, uh, you know, with music as, uh, and, uh, and being there. So, um, yeah, I want to get into the heart of it all. Please come on the show and let's do one of these again sometime. Sure. I'd very much what like What we that. do is um, you'll, have to, uh, you'll have to come on location with me somewhere. I would adore that. Yeah, you know, one of the trips I'll, I want to do, and uh, I'm, I, and if there's people who want to come and join me, because uh, I live in I live in South America now, is we're going to take a boat, and we're going to go up one of the tributaries of the Amazon, right the way up to a temple, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna 
I'm, I, I, want, I want to do this, a, a big journey like this with a group of nutcases. So, um, I'm in. That's what, that's what I'm, I think that people... Fitz Corraldo these days, style. They, they, they need life-changing experiences. We have to... The ritualistic aspect is ever more important. You know? Ritual is what separates man from the animal kingdom. Uh, and um, it's certainly part of uh, uh, our world in Killing Joke the ritual side of it. And anyway, when you, when you get the full recording of this, you have to um, do a three-course meal somewhere and put it on. Once everything's done, you've got your guests there, put it on with some good speakers there and, and listen to it all the way through, you know. Uh, and, and, and have a look at the, um, the words of power that I've chosen when you see the, the words. Now, because I put everything in... Uh, mo there's five movements have got full chorus and four of them are in Latin but one is in um, Sumerian and uh, this 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 is on invocation and this 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 piece uh, it's a it's an old prayer uh, from Sumeria it hadn't been recited for well, twelve thousand years or so, and so we got the, the professor of etymology at Saint Petersburg University, and we got him to basically um, uh, coach the choir on the pronunciation uh, of of the Sumerian. And suddenly, oh, I heard it! I heard Sumerian with with the, with the track invocation, which in itself is a um, has a very interesting history. This 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 track. Um, and it transports you to another world. It's um, it's a really heavy piece of music, really heavy. Uh, and you see, um, and the musical history of the, the song invocation is interesting. And if anybody wants to check the musical history out one day, they can because it goes to the Royal Opera House. Um, uh, in Covent Garden when I did my first opera and I did a third movement which was about betrayal the betrayal of Mary Magdalene actually and uh, it went bam 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 it went this, this is. and uh, when we were in our darkest moments doing the hosannas from the basements of hell um, Everybody had gone mad, Raven had gone, and we were fucking in a terrible state. And I thought, I'll take that riff. And then I find it had a magical effect, that riff, actually. When you're being overcome by a, an enemy, uh, it, it has a very, very powerful effect, this piece of music. Uh, when I did uh, Invocation on Hosannas, uh, I realised this... Uh, and so when I approached the score of Magna Invocatio, what, what um, kind of turns me was pure anger. Pure anger, like I never knew I had it in me. Because um, somebody rang up one of my daughters uh, for a joke and said... Um, your grandmother's just died. 
And so she rang my brother and and it rang me screaming and I rang my brother and he said, no, mum's here, she's alive. And then we traced a phone call. What a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. And I was so angry that I, I um, found this prayer, Sumerian war prayer, that I then um, scored over, over uh, the, that music and that's the outcome. This is an interesting thing because uh, it makes you discover who the real enemy is, which is yourself. Well, Joaquin Phoenix, who's about to play the, the Joker in this new movie, uh, he was. Oh, that's the other thing I was about to say to you. Um, of course, it, that period of Hosanna's, when we did, what people don't know is Petra Zelenka, who's the director of Year of the Devil, he did that video when I was like, drunk and overweight and fucking nasty. Yeah. He directed that Hosanna's from the Basement of Hell video. People don't know that. And that video, and stills from that video was used by Heath Ledger, um, which he studied me for, for that, that part in The Joker. Wow. Over and over again, he had pictures and stills of me everywhere. When I was overweight and fucking drunk for smashing things up and fucking going, man, he used that that from Hosanna's and, and other stuff he'd seen, heard about me as, as the model. That is true. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but this is the, you see, why I wear a mask on stage is because I know I have some experience with occult forces. It'll send you crazy, these forces of, of uh, this energy. If you, and I, 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 I use uh, the mask as protection. Even when I don't use it, I use it even just a little bit sometimes. Uh, I'm um, because I know that you, it, it sends you mad. This force, this energy, this energy of the the, the Harlequin madman or fool. It's the the eleventh path on the tree of life. This energy, I know exactly what it is, and I know what exactly what it does. I've had a forty year experience with it, and I, I I could have saved Heath Ledger. I could have saved him if I'd known him. Because I. I you have to do certain things when you work with these energies. Energies are very real. My life has been about experimenting with manifesting dreams. Uh, and people have said that I'm crazy, and I am. And I absolutely am, because I, I don't differentiate between uh, uh, fantasy or reality. I'm completely crazy. Napoleon said, beware of the man who dreams with his eyes open. I'm one of those, because yeah, it's all possible, you see. It's all possible. If you can dream it, you can do it. That's the thing. And then we have the possibility of those dreams and what we can do to heal the planet, yes. I haven't lost sight of this. You know. Like, what is a fan club? What is a, an art centre? Well, an art centre to me has to be a farm these days, because when credit cards don't work, you can refer back to what Argentina went through in the first neoliberal experiments. You know, cities have got three days of food. Right? All we have is each other, and to learn unity that we're stronger together. You see, uh, and that's why I believe in the sort of collectivism, a green collectivism. 
I could talk to you all day, Joe. <laughs> You're such a gentleman. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love I that, so mate. enjoyed sitting, talking with you. I had a really great I wish time. we had it all night, but I'm aware that there's another... But anyway, cook that meal. There's an... I will. Feast of the gods. I will. And great. I'm going to chat to Matt about coming oh. on an adventure somewhere with you, because that would Let's be... Let's do it. You see? A great honour. Oh, absolutely. And a great adventure, yeah, I'm sure. See, visualise it. There we are, you see. That's what it's about. That's why it's going to happen. And anyway, next year's my 60th. You have to come for this. Come to paradise. Don't stick around here. Look, <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you one tip, right? January the 12th. The world's going to change on this day. There you go. It's been such a pleasure. You too, mate. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. We'll do this again, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, we will. Nice one, Jazz. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.